been working on us. Uh, Ruben is our resident Southern Gospel guy, and uh, boy, that's fun. It's a whole lot of fun. We'll be doing more of that. Uh, Jack, you were having a little too much fun with that song, too. I know Jack's a good singer, so we just have some great singers and a great way to worship and love the Lord together. We're just going to keep getting creative as we can. Um, Luann wants to tell you hi. Luann Nelson. You have that picture? She's up in Alaska right now. Look at this. This is what she caught last week, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, it's a big one, okay? But Luann says hi. She's up with her family up there, and um, she'll be back soon. By the way, remember we're having the picnic in a, several weeks out at Luann's Lake, okay? Um, it's not called Luann's Lake, but about 10 minutes from here, we're going to have our service there and then a picnic after service. I think the service starts at 10, right, Lee? Well, we'll make sure everybody knows. That's the most important thing. But we'll have service out there and then a uh, barbecue together. Hey, Ted, could you turn me down just a little bit? I think I'm a little too loud, am I? And my tie needs to be straightened. How's that? Is that better? My wife keeps me in line. She does a great job. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Um, why are we here? We exist to help others find and follow Jesus. We've tried to come up with a good um, motto, a way to say it so we remember it and we can tell somebody else. So say it together. We exist to help others find and follow Jesus. What I like about that is that it begins with others. It doesn't begin with me, and it doesn't begin with you. It begins with others. When we talk about the school coming in, we're talking about others. We're talking about families that uh, a lot of them are unchurched. Now, unchurched is not the point. Without Jesus is the point. They need Jesus. And then church is the result of knowing Jesus. So a lot of families without Jesus, maybe that's the best way to put it. So we want to help others, and you could use the words evangelism and discipleship here, but it takes too long. We just don't need to do that. We, we exist to help others find, that's sharing Jesus with them, and follow Jesus. That's where after we shared with them, we help each other to grow and to mature and, and to use the gifts that God has given us. So we exist to help others find and follow Jesus. Now, we have been um, in Hebrews, and the main focus of the book of Hebrews, uh, Leslie and Betty, bottom line, it's all about Jesus. Really, the book of Hebrews is written to the Jews, and it's to remind them not to go back to their traditions, but to remember that everything is about Jesus. We've talked about the majesty of Jesus, and now we're heading into the ministry of Jesus, and we have a little bit of a coda here. And the coda is where um, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, we're not quite sure. I'd say Paul, but it's not quite like Paul's writing. But whoever wrote the book, we can say for sure it's the Holy Spirit that wrote the book through whatever person wrote it is taking the time to talk about how he's talking to them and how they're responding. I want to read these verses from Hebrews chapter 
five. Sermon notes page. Anybody not have a sermon notes page? Betty, did you get one? Okay. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, this is totally not fair today. Here, you guys are in church, and I'm going to lambast you with four verses that are sort of a, a critique, and you guys need to get credit for being here. So that's just not fair. But these verses are talking to those Hebrews who are sitting there, not listening, and not applying what God has given to them. Now, I want to take these four verses and put them into common language. The first verse, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Now, here's what they're saying. We want to tell you something, but you're not even trying to listen, not even trying to understand. In other words, at least you could fake it, but you're not even trying to do that. You just don't care. Next verse. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. What we're saying here is by now you ought to be teaching truth and not sucking it through a straw on Sunday mornings. How's that, Barry Joe? Is that pretty clear? <laughs> okay, next verse. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. If you only come to church for a drink of milk, you don't understand the teaching about righteousness. Next one. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You only understand the teaching of righteousness by growing up enough to start using it to train yourself to know what is right and wrong. How many of you are in training to be more like Jesus? Good. Good. We're doing it together, and I'm going to help you in that training with this message. Because one of the focuses on this message is that teaching of righteousness. We need to know what that is and how to apply it and how to make it work. Some of you know better than others. I hope you want to get acquainted with those key words. What is the teaching of righteousness that takes us from those little milk cups that you used to get in first grade? You know, those little milk cartons? What were they, a nickel? Well, for me, they were about... 
two cents to start off with. Then it went to a nickel, and now it's probably a dollar ninety-five for this much. You know, um, from that to something better. So, how do I get acquainted with the teachings of righteousness? First of all, by seeing and comprehending what God's promises contain. By seeing and comprehending what God's promises contain. What that means is that God's given us each so many promises and we either forget them or we look at them and we don't understand that they're for us or we maybe think they're for somebody else. But by faith, we don't apply them. And part of that teaching of righteousness is not only seeing what the promises are. First of all, you've got to look at them. That means opening your Bible. And then understanding, that's for me. Seeing and comprehending what God's promises contain. Secondly, by seeing God's righteousness, so I become righteous in my character. Have you ever had an example, someone that you really look up to? And the more you look at them and the more you see what they're like, you say, hey, I want to do this or I want to do that. If you're not looking at God, if you're not looking at his righteousness, it's hard to become like him. And as you look at him and as you continue to look at him, you see who he is. And all of a sudden you start to become like him. It is something that uh, doesn't happen overnight, but it happens. One of the things that I loved about the series we did called Loving Truth, where we went through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation, is that I saw the heart of God in each book. And I saw the plan of God as it unfolded week by week. And here I am, a seminary graduate and a, a pastor for many years, but there were so many things that were new for me, and a lot of it had to do by seeing God's righteousness and his character throughout the Old Testament and how that character and his righteousness was echoed in the New Testament. Both of them together. They weren't separate. They were together. God's plan was consistent. It's eternal. It's for us today, just as it was for Abraham and Moses and Joshua and Joseph in the Old Testament. When we look at God's promises together, it's like a mirror, like looking into a mirror. When I see the image of God's righteousness, my image changes to be like his image. Remember, we're talking about teachings of righteousness, moving from drinking milk to solid food. And we have to be looking at the promises and and the righteousness of God. And as we do that, it's like looking in the mirror. It comes right back at us. And all of a sudden, we're seeing the character of God in who we are and what we do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let's say it together. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What things are we talking about? New boat? New car? A flush bank account? 
security in your job? No, it's better than that. We're talking about the teachings of righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Put him first. Look at Jesus. Look at the promises of God. Grab onto him. And all these things will be added unto you. See, what we want to do is to be more like Jesus. To have more of the character of God. And all of a sudden, life starts to make sense, even in the darkest of times. When you are looking at God's promises and God's commandments, you are acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. So if you didn't read your Bible this week, you're going to have a hard time with this one, okay? Because how can you see God's promises and his teaching? If you're moving past milk and heading in, you're moving past milk and heading in the direction of a good barbecue. Now, when it comes to solid food, a good barbecue is where we're headed this weekend, Right? How many of you are having a barbecue of some sort this weekend? Man, you guys are party poopers, I tell you. <laughs> well, are we having a barbecue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I better practice what I preach. Yes, we're, we're barbecuing hamburgers today. Now, we're not having, that looks really good. You notice it looks better on the sides than it does up front? It's a little washed out, but look at the side. It looks really good. But when you're really grabbing onto those teachings of righteousness, you're moving past milk and toward a great barbecue. You can say, one, I live for the cause of Jesus. Two, I'm interested in the work of Jesus. Three, I live for heaven and not for earth. Four, I love heavenly things more than earthly things. Guys, that's a tough one for us. I look at God's promises and I see his goodness. I look at God's, I could spend a lot of time on each one of these, but I want you to look at these this week and and run them through your filter and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I look at God's promises and I see his goodness. Finally, when I obey a commandment or believe a promise, I become more like Jesus. Let that one sink in for a minute. If you're struggling in an area and the Lord gives you victory and you're training yourself for righteousness on that day, at the end of the day you can say, thank you, I am more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. Thank you. Now this week, here's how I'd like you to put this into play. Ask for God's help in a specific area of need that you have, whatever it is. Remember, my God shall supply all your need. Now, I'm not promising a, a better bank account here. We're talking about teachings of righteousness. These are the kinds of riches we're talking about. Remember, my God shall supply all your need Look for God's answer and let his answer draw you closer to him and help you become more like him. Okay? Have you given up looking for God's answer? Don't do it. Maybe you don't know it, but you have. And say, Lord, do I have faith that you're going to answer what I'm asking for? It may not be the answer that I expected, 
but you have a good answer for me. Let his, let his answer draw you closer to him and help you become more like him. When we sang that song, uh, I was going to sing it again, but I'm going to close with this. We, we sang in the chorus. Um, <laughs> let me go back to the chorus. Make sure I get it right. Um, we said this, somewhere between Jesus and John Wayne, a cowboy and a saint, a cross in the open range. Here's how we sang it. I try to be more like you, Lord, but most days I know I ain't. Love that word. Fits. Somewhere between Jesus and John Wayne. Well, folks, I don't want you to sing it that way this week. Okay? I want us to change those words just a little bit. Instead of saying, I try to be more like you, Lord, say, I'm getting to be more like you, Lord, and one day I'll be that saint. Don't give up. Most cowboy music, they have great stories, but they seem to give up at a certain point, right? Oh, woe is me. I'll never get there. Whatever. I'm getting to be more like you, Lord, and one day I'll be that saint. That's my prayer for you. Would you make it uh, your prayer for me as well? That we grow in these teachings of righteousness. And when you come on Sunday, it's not just for milk, but you want some meat. And you're not just here to listen, but you're learning how to teach somebody else. I don't need to do all the talking. I want you to do some of it too. Tell somebody else about Jesus. He wants you to. Well, let's stand together, close in prayer, and thank the Lord for just a fun morning together. By the way, we have our deacon's offering today. It's a communion Sunday, so out at the back, uh, there'll be somebody with a plate, and this helps to meet the needs of people in our church family. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what we're learning and I pray, Father, when it comes to teachings of righteousness, that you move us ahead, help us to mature. Lord, uh, you can't stay young, but you can you can't be immature forever. I heard that the other day, and I sort of chuckled. And I, I just pray that that's not each of our stories, that we become mature, and that we grow in you, and we're becoming more like you, and we can tell someone else that, no, I'm not perfect, but I'm getting more like you, Jesus. So, Father, I uh, pray that that's our prayer this week, and that's our practice. Thank you for this Fourth of July weekend. Thank you again for our country. Thank you that we can celebrate you together in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.